So Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri recently went on the talk show Life, Liberty, and Levine, and the dude just freaking killed it on the subject of the man crisis here in America. In my opinion, this is still the root problem here in America. Where are the men? Where are the fathers? Houston, we got a man problem. That's what we're going to rip back into on this episode of the Grizz Podcast, and it's going to be epic. My brothers, here we go. You want some air guitar? Here it comes. Yes, I am crazy enough to rock some GNR at the beginning of the Grizz podcast. Get up, my brothers. Welcome back. Today is May 18th, 2023, coming at you from the beautiful low country of South Carolina, where it's a gorgeous 85 degrees. Yeah. Man, I received some encouraging feedback regarding the last episode of the Grizz entitled Stop Being a Practical Atheist. I really appreciate that feedback. Also had some listeners just reach out to me and let me know that they're praying for my health to improve. Man, that means a lot. Really appreciate that. I also appreciate all you guys who give every single month to support the show and our nonprofit ministry. Whether it's $10, $25, you're just a big deal, man. We couldn't do what we do without you. This past week was the first time ever that the Grizz podcast broke through up in Canada made it into the top 250 on the charts for Christian podcasts up in Canada, eh? In Canada, eh? (laughs) We got quite a few Canadian listeners up there. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and sharing episodes with friends, men's groups. I appreciate you brothers up north. You keep on grizzing, you hear me? You keep on grizzing. Let's go ahead and rip into the meat. So as I said, recently, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri went on the talk show Life, Liberty, and Levine, and the dude just killed it with what he said. I'm talking Mike Drop. Dude was spot on. And man, I hope this guy's the real deal. You know what I'm saying? Like throughout my life, I've seen so many politicians on the right talk the talk, but then the truth comes out about their private life being a complete freaking moral disaster. I hope this guy, Josh Hawley, is the real deal. We desperately need some good, upright, God-fearing men and women in leadership in this country. Man, I don't care if they're black. I don't care if they're white. I don't care if they're Native American, Hispanic, Asian, Middle Eastern, or a mix of all of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. They put it all in the freaking blender and blend it up. I don't care if I'm male or female. As I said, I I don't care. 
What I care about is on the inside. I care about the people in leadership in this country having character, honesty, integrity, being God-fearing, having some Judeo-Christian ethic, and upholding and defending the Constitution. Is that too much to ask? And good night. So anyway, what I'm about to read to you from Senator Josh Hawley is spot on. But man, I hope this dude is the real deal. Over the long haul, you know what I'm saying? So here's what he said is the real underlying root problem here in America, and I concur. Man, I've been saying this for many, many years now. This is a great part of the song. Let me crank this for a minute. I want to know, I want to know, oh, won't you please take me home? Take me down to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Oh, won't you please take me home? I'm sorry, I just can't help myself. (laughs) Anyway, Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a man problem. It's beyond a man problem. It's a man crisis. All right, so here's what Senator Josh Hawley, he went on Fox News. This is what the dude said. It is some good stuff. Of all the things this country needs, stronger borders, better paying jobs, some basic safety on our streets, above all, America needs stronger men. The left has spent decades running men down. Blaming them for everything from climate change to the patriarchy. They're wrong. Strong men aren't the problem. For America, stronger, better men are the solution. All is not well with men in this country. The numbers tell the tale. Men are lonelier than ever before. They're dropping out of the labor force in greater numbers than ever before. They're struggling more with drug abuse and alcohol. They're increasingly foregoing a college education, even as they delay getting married and having kids. If any other demographic group was struggling to this extent, we'd call it a national crisis, and it is. But the left doesn't see it that way. They blame boys and men for the sins of the world. They say all masculinity is toxic, that simply to be a man is to make the world a worse place. They propose to do away with traditional masculinity altogether. The left's campaign to re-educate men begins as early as preschool, where too many boys are punished for aggressive play, and if they don't comply, they get medicated out of their boyishness. As young men, they're denied the manufacturing jobs that allowed their fathers to earn good wages. The governing class, having long ago shipped those jobs overseas, and set adrift on college campuses filled with activists who despise them. And popular culture relentlessly bangs this same drum. When men aren't morons, they're actively evil. At bottom, this critique of men is rooted in a lie. That men shouldn't be leaders, creators, and heroes, but just consumers looking out for themselves. The truth is just the opposite. We need men to step up. America's men have the power to transform this country for the better. Want to curb the epidemic of child poverty? Get a father to start contributing to his wife and children. Want to address the cataclysm of youth violence? 
put a father in the picture. Men can help bring peace and order to a nation racked by crises. They can change the destiny of their families and whole neighborhoods. Their power, once tapped, can be a mighty and world-shaping thing. Power alone, though, isn't enough. Power only becomes true strength, a force for good, when it's used in the right ways, for the right reasons. What we need is a guide, a roadmap, for what it means to be a good man. And for that, we should turn to the faith of our fathers. In the same breath that the left attacks traditional manhood, they attack traditional faith as well. That's no coincidence. Faith and manhood are linked because for centuries, men have looked to faith, to the Bible, to understand who they are and what they can be. In this time of turmoil, our ancient faith can guide us again. The story of the Bible is more than a collection of familiar tales. It is an invitation to men to find their place in the cosmos, to take up their role in a grand drama that supercharges their lives with meaning. Beginning with Adam in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says men are tasked with bringing order to the world, transforming chaos into beauty, the wilderness into a garden. To perform that noble task, every man must form his character. He must shape his soul. The path to manhood is the path to virtue. Men are called to form the character of husbands and fathers. They are charged to give themselves for others and humbly accept their own limits. Just as Abraham devoted himself to his wife Sarah and trusted God's promise of a son to come. Men are called to the character of warriors and builders. They must battle evil and bring beauty out of chaos. Just as Joshua challenged the monsters of Canaan and David laid the foundations for God's temple. And men are called to the character of priests and kings. They must bring the promise of eternity everywhere they go and use their power to preserve truth and liberty. For years, American men have heard just one story, that they're outmoded and oppressive, that the best they can do is stand aside and let today's elites run things. It's a story preached by our contemporary culture from cradle to grave. Stand down, be passive. You'll just make things worse. It's time to start telling a better story. It's time to call our boys and men to lead. That's how you transform a nation. Well said, well said, Senator Josh Hawley. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Man, that's what it's all about. We got to get back to it. We got to get back to the basics. This reminds me of uh, some notes that I took years ago from a Father's Day message that Pastor John MacArthur gave. In my opinion, it is one of MacArthur's best messages ever. I will put a link in the show notes, but I'm going to share some stuff from that message. It is so good. So let me grab that and also grab a sip of my coffee here. Drinking some uh, down south southern pecan (laughs) flavored coffee. 
Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, John MacArthur, man, he says the only thing that's going to break the cycle of our problems in this country is godly fathers. The only thing that's going to break the cycle of the problems in this country is godly fathers. Listen, guys, we desperately need to develop strong, godly men who will be strong, godly husbands and fathers. That was the whole vision with Launching the Grizz podcast back in 2017. Here's the current reality, man. Over 25 million children in our country, they live without a biological father. That's one out of three. Grades 1 to 12, 40% of children live without a biological father in the home. Over 50% currently of children uh, are born outside of marriage. Over 50%, 85% of prisoners grew up in a fatherless home. 85% of children with behavioral disorders came from fatherless homes. 90% of youth who run away and become homeless come from fatherless homes. Children from fatherless homes are 300% more likely to deal drugs and carry illegal weapons. MacArthur says this is a holocaust. This is a holocaust. And it's not limited to any group of ethnic people. It is a national holocaust. The statistics, dude, just just that one statistic that he gave right there. 85% of prisoners grew up in a fatherless home. That's a terrifying reality, man. What is the problem in America? We have a man problem. We have a man crisis. I used to hear when I was a kid that, this is MacArthur talking, if you had a good mother, you could have any all stick for a dad. But that's not true. I used to hear when I was a kid, preachers say, you men, it's important how you live. You Christian men. Because your children will get their view of God from you. MacArthur says, that's ridiculous. They don't get their view of God from me, he says. They get their view of God from the Bible. That's an insult to God. What they do get from me is their view of a man. Children will get their view of a man and what a man is from their father. (laughs) Sexual immorality, relentless assault of feminism, overexposure to perversion, complete collapse of homes, has just produced generations of bad fathers. And the reality is, nothing is more devastating to a society than that. Nothing. And on the other hand, the only hope for stability and the only hope for sanity, the only hope for peace in a society is masculine, virtuous men. Evil abounds absolutely everywhere, he says. How men respond to its presence determines the survival and well-being of a society. Let me say that again. Evil abounds everywhere, and how men respond to its presence 
determines the survival and well-being of that society. One psychologist said masculinity is taking responsibility to reduce evil and produce good. No culture will ever rise above the character of its men. Fathers. The feminist lie has been that patriarchy is bad, that it's tyrannical, that it's toxic, that it needs to be destroyed. And they've been doing it for decades to destroy masculinity, to destroy strong male leadership and character leads to the current national disaster. Irresponsible men running loose in the streets, terrorizing a society, weak men, Weak men have given us this legacy. Weak men produce the death of society. And men are in crisis today. They are being continually told to try to get in touch with their feminine side. So they have become defensive about their masculinity. He goes on and he says, oh, there are lots of men at the gym. I love this part. There are lots of men at the gym. They're pretty buff. They got some muscles. But they're doing virtually nothing to stop the tide of evil in the world. And by the way, in case women haven't begun to realize it, weak, immoral men abuse women, and they produce more weak, immoral sons. No, children don't get their view of God from their father, but they do get their view of what a man is. And we are in some serious trouble because the current crop of men are infecting the children. He goes on and he says, repeatedly, God says that corrupt fathers create in society a legacy of corruption. Corrupt fathers create in a society a legacy of corruption that is generational. He's not saying that a son would be punished for a father's sin. Clearly, that's not the case. But Deuteronomy 24 verse 16 says, Fathers shall not be put to death for their sons, nor shall sons be put to death for their fathers. Everyone will be put to death for his own sin. So we're not talking about an individual suffering punishment for another person's sins. What we are saying is fathers, plural, who are corrupt, they leave a legacy that will not be overturned in three or four generations. And if the next generation is corrupt, It pushes that out another three or four, and the next generation, another three or four. And it becomes an impossible cycle, MacArthur says. He goes on, he says, in the words of the prophet Zechariah, as he begins his prophecy, in the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the prophet, son of Barachai, (laughs) the son of Edo, saying, the Lord was very angry with Your fathers, therefore say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, declares the Lord of hosts, that I may return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers. Guys, something has to break the cycle. Or should I say someone has to break the cycle. Someone has to break the cycle and rise up, break the generational cycle, the generational sin cycle. 
MacArthur goes on, he says, clearly a generation dominated by sinful fathers will bear the crushing consequence of their sinful originators. Their children will suffer. Their grandchildren will suffer. Their great-grandchildren will suffer. No generation exists in isolation or as an island. A wicked society defined as wicked by the behavior of the men won't be rooted out for multiple generations. So it isn't that people get their view of God from a father, but they do get their view of what a father is. And if it's the wrong view, it's just purposely repeated again and again and again. Young men just do what they saw their fathers do. And for many of them, they didn't see much. You know what I'm saying? And here's the question that needs to be answered. How can we break the cycle of this generational, sinful masculinity that we see here in this country, abroad? It's not just here, Canada, the UK, Australia. It's everywhere. Germany. We're seeing it everywhere. It's global, man. I know I focus on America a lot. That's where I live. I love my country, but I'm disappointed with the direction that it's been heading for a long time. Anyway, let me go on with what MacArthur says. He says, the problem is, this is where we got to start to figure out, you know, the solution. We got to know the problem. And the problem is that there is none righteous, no, not one. Just like Romans chapter 3 says. Men don't seek after God. That's not what men naturally do. They hate God. They hate others. They're influencing their children while they're harming their wives. He says, I understand why there's a women's movement. I understand why there's a women's movement. And even though it's wrong and totally devastates a society, pushes women into places they were never intended to be and men out of the places they were intended to be, I understand this women's movement because of the corruption of men. Mm. He's saying that we as, a Christ, we as Christian men, we need to understand that this, to understand the solution to the problem, we got to understand the problem starts with the heart of men, that it has a bent towards evil. They have a sin nature. Then he says, we as Christian men, with a new nature in Christ, we must be different. We must be the ones that break the cycle in our own families. He says, we must be men of fortitude who raise men of fortitude. I love that word, fortitude. What is fortitude? It is a firmness. It is a strength of soul that faces danger with courage and bears loss and pain without complaint. When you say a man has fortitude, you're talking about someone who doesn't compromise even when there's danger, even when that danger escalates to fear and pain. Fortitude is a combination of conviction, courage, and endurance. It is the willingness, even a desire to risk, to literally create challenges if they're not already there, to attack difficulty, to challenge difficulty head on, to bear suffering with courage. This is what makes a man a man. 
And this is the kind of man in whom a woman finds her security, finds her protection. And that kind of a relationship, the woman's femininity flourishes. He is so spot on, man. (laughs) Men are those who should be the protectors, the purifiers who secure their wives, who secure their children, who accomplish all that needs to be done to reduce evil in a society and produce good. And yet, this society, for years and decades, has had men busy producing evil and diminishing good. Listen, guys, true manliness is bound up in the word courage. Courage. That is the virtue that marks a real man. Truth, conviction, courage. Then MacArthur goes on, he brings up the verse that I read earlier. It's the verse that this podcast, the Grizz podcast, was founded upon. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men. And what does that mean? Fortitude, uncompromising courage. Be strong, be brave, act like men. Essentially, It means to conduct oneself in a courageous way, to conduct oneself in a brave way. Courage is the stock in trade of a man. Courage in the face of danger. Courage in the face of temptation. Courage in the face of loss. Courage in the face of suffering. But then MacArthur says this is all balanced with verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love. He says, how important is it to add that? Let all that you do be done in love. There's nothing more manly than a man with consummate conviction, courage, and endurance who is marked by love. That's a man, not weak, not vacillating, not fearful, but he's loving. Dude. Real men face life with this kind of fortitude. They're watchful of the dangers around them. They're alert. They're protectors of their wives and children and of their friends and all the people over whom they have influence. They have convictions about what is true. They have courage to live out those convictions. And they got the strength to be unwavering when those convictions will cost them everything. Your convictions... They're only convictions if they hold up under the most intense pressure. That is so good. Hang on. Got to get a sip of my coffee. (laughs) I got to read that again. Your convictions, they're only real convictions if they hold up under the most intense pressure. Then in MacArthur fashion, he gives an array of scriptures where God calls men to lead with strength and courage. He just goes off listing so many uh, passages in Deuteronomy, passages in Joshua, in 1 Samuel, in 1 Kings, 
in First Chronicles. He's he just going off. I'm not going to read all of it. Second Chronicles, Psalm 27, 14. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Men don't give in to fear. Men don't give in to pressure. Men don't give in to intimidation. And they don't give in to temptation. They don't seek the easy way. They'll take the pain. They will invite the risk. They will confront the challenge. And they will not bow to the pressure to compromise the commandments of God. Strength of a man is that he lives on principle, that he lives on conviction, that he has the courage of those convictions, that he stands strong against everything that comes at those convictions. He bravely faces the challenges in a fortified way. Manly fortitude means contending with difficulty, facing every enemy, meeting the enemy head on, bearing the pain, maintaining self-discipline, upholding truth, pressing on to the goal. That's what defines a man. And how is that possible? How can we be that type of men? Like, that's what I'm asking. This is great. I love it. I'm fired up. It's grizzled. How do we do it? How do we do it, MacArthur? Well, he answers that question. You know he does. <laughs> and you know what he's going to answer with, man. He says, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how you do this, guys. What a Father's Day message. Whew. It's in Joshua chapter 1, he says. Moses gives this speech. He passes the baton. To Joshua, he says to him in chapter 1 of Joshua, verse 5, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. So this is God now speaking. God is the one speaking. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. That's what he says to Joshua. And so this comes not from Moses to Joshua, but this is from God to Joshua in the presence of Moses. So watch this next part. Here's what God says to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Listen to this, guys. Here it is. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. That last part. Guys, listen. That's the key right there. That's how you do it. That's how you become a man of fortitude, of courage, who can stand against the tide of evil in this world, in this country, in this culture. That's how you and I can live manly, with strength and courage. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses and my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. You know what the book of the law is? It's the word of God. It's the Bible. It shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The only way you can do this, you can be this kind of man, is to be a man that submits to the word of God. So that the word of God is constantly in your mind, in your heart. That's the only way you can live out the truth of the word of God. You must saturate your mind, guys. You have to saturate your mind with the word of God. Saturate your mind with the word of God and be empowered by God's spirit. That's what we have to do. This is the mark of a man. It takes a father like that to raise a son like that. Spiritual men are courageous, strong, principled, uncompromising, and bold, MacArthur says. And listen to me, guys. That only happens if they are men who are saturated with the word of God. Are, listen, is your mind and heart saturated with the word of God? That's the question I'm asking myself. Men who meditate on the word of God day and night, that's who we need to be. You know, I was thinking, devout Muslim men, they often put Christian men to shame by how much they read, meditate, and memorize their false doctrine called the Quran. While we think we're doing something with a quick little five-minute devotional reading, maybe a few times a week, maybe, if that. That's a weak Christian man, and he will stay weak until he gets dead serious about becoming a man of the word who saturates his heart and his mind with the word of God, the Bible. That's the true word of God, the Bible, and the Bible alone. Wives need husbands like this. Kids need fathers like this. Churches need pastors like this. Schools and school boards, workplaces, government offices need men like this. These type of men must rise up and infiltrate. Infiltrate, my brothers. Freaking infiltrate. Your wife and your kids, they need you to be more than a financial provider. Your wife and kids need you to be more than a financial provider. They need you to be more than someone who mows the grass and just fixes things around the house. I'm not knocking those things. They're admirable, honorable. Those things are important. But listen, above all, we have to be men of the word who have the strength and the courage and the fortitude to stand up be strong, speak the truth, and speak it in love. We don't back down. We don't back down. We speak the truth. We stand on the truth. We're men of conviction, but we do it with love. We correct with gentleness. MacArthur says this culture has turned on God. This culture has eliminated his word. The Bible and the gospel is an enemy in this culture. The leaders of this nation have no interest in God or in his word, and they are basically running this country right into hell as fast as they can. 
he goes on and he says, the only thing that's going to stop this is not a group of feminized men who think God just wants to give them what they want so they can be happy. What this world needs is not sensitive men. What this world needs, he says, is strong men. We live in a world of compromise, more than compromise. You could barely call it compromise because there's nothing left of that which is good. So what are they compromising with? (laughs) He goes on to say that we must also be men of integrity. We must also be men of integrity. I love this. What is integrity? Integrity is defined as steadfast adherence to a moral code. It comes from the word integer, integer, which means whole or complete. Its synonyms are honesty, sincerity, simplicity, and corruptibility. Its antonym is duplicity or hypocrisy. A person who lacks integrity is a hypocrite. Integrity means that you live by your convictions. You say what you believe and you hold to what you believe. You're immovable. That's wholeness. That's integrity. You're one. Man, I've talked about this many times. It means you're not a two-faced man. You're not a divided man. You're not one thing in public and something else in private. You're not one way at church and somewhere else at home. You got to be the real deal all the time. A man without secrets. If you sin, if you fall, you get it out, you come clean with some accountability partners. You deal with it right away. You repent. No secrets, man. We must be men of integrity. This is who I've had to become. I had to leave behind the two-faced, double life, secret sin. I'll deal with it on my own. I can, I can overcome this on my own. No, I couldn't. No, you can't. If you would have or could have, if you could have, then you would have by now. You're not supposed to climb solo. You're not supposed to do the Christian life solo. You can't do sanctification solo. You can't get healthy solo. You can't have victory solo. You find it in connection, in community, team, tribe, with godly brothers from other mothers, like with what we're doing with our climb teams that meet online every week via Zoom. Groups of men from around the country that come in and say, yo, man, I got to be real with how I'm really doing. I got to check in. We get in the word. I give them some guidance, encouragement. Each man is prayed over. They're praying for each other. They're checking on each other throughout the week. That's what climb teams are all about. You guys know the biggest, most popular sin that's ruining Christian men that's holding Christian men back from doing what they should be doing with their wives, with their children, in their churches, in their society, at their workplace, in their neighborhoods. You know what's holding them back? Pornography. It's the number one. I'm not saying there aren't other sins that hold Christian men back, but that's the number one. You know it. Some of you have been listening for years to the Grizz Podcast, and it's still holding you back, and you're doing nothing about it, man. Man, I, I, don't want, I don't want to reach out to you and get involved in one of those climb teams. Like, you know, 
I want you to think this way about me, Grizz. Let me tell you something. You know who I respect and honor and appreciate the most? Christian men who are just real. I had guys yesterday, at least four guys yesterday. Happens almost every day. Just contact me, talk, whether it's through one-on-one coaching, text messaging, whether it's through the group. We had a group last night, a climb team last night. Guys are just like, yo, this is what happened this week. I didn't look at porn. I didn't slip. But, man, I just was lusting like crazy at some of the women at the gym. I know I shouldn't be looking at them like that. That's a beautiful thing right there, what that guy just did. We get it out. We talk about it. We get guidance from Scripture. We talk about practical ways to overcome that, to get away from that. Guys, just being real. Hey, if you got that at your church, awesome. If you got that with a group of guys at your church and you can do that, you're getting real, they're getting real, sins are being confessed and addressed and guided and corrected from Scripture, in a loving way, awesome. But that's rare in a church, unfortunately. Even many pastors that contact me are just like, I don't have anybody I can talk to. But I know I can talk to you, Grizz. You get it. You know the struggle, Grizz. I know. They know that they're safe with me. They know there's 100% confidentiality. They know I don't BS. I'm straight up with them. I don't tell them what they want to hear. I tell them what they need to hear. But I always try to do it, and I pray about this all the time. God, help me to do it in the right way. Help me to do it with love. I don't want to do it condescending. I don't want to do it judgmental. How can I be judgmental of a Christian man that struggles with sexual purity pornography, whatever. God, I, I, I know what I've done in my Christian life. I know what I've looked at. I know what things I've thought. I know the kind of man I've been, the kind of husband at times, the kind of father. I've done some things I'm, I'm not proud of at all. I'm ashamed. I wish I could go back, but I can't go back. All I have is today, to make the most of today and to do my best to prepare and make the most of tomorrow. MacArthur says integrity. Not just fortitude, not just courage, not just conviction, integrity. Don't be two-faced. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a divided man. Don't have a secret life. Have a secret life. You don't want to be like Ravi Zacharias. You die, and all of a sudden it all comes out. They find out how you really were, what you were really into. You know how devastating that is upon a family? upon a ministry, upon every single person that looked up to you, that listened to you. You don't have to be a perfect man that has it all together, but you need to be a real man. Authentic, genuine, get it out. Be honest about your struggles. It's the best thing you can do. Hey, this is what I struggle with, but I'm getting help. I'm in recovery, okay? That's where I'm at. I don't care if it's porn, alcohol, drugs, anxiety, depression, anger issues. 
get help. Just be real. The religious leaders of Jesus' day were men who preached one thing, and as you guys know, they lived something very different. Jesus called them out. You know, Jesus was the hardest on the religious leaders. Not because they were religious leaders, but because they were religious leaders who were hypocrites. He called them whitewashed caskets. Snakes, he said. Deceivers. He was so bold, so courageous, fortitude, conviction, calling out the evil, unwavering, not scared of them at all. And they threatened to kill him. And they came at him to kill him multiple times. And eventually, they got him. They handed him over to the Roman authorities. But that was only because that was part of God's plan, God's will. And God allowed it at that time, at the right time, at the precise time. But he never backed down. Not from them. Where does that boldness, that courage, that lion-like grizz Lee Bear-like courage come from? A man of the word. A man who is saturated with the word of God. He stays in it day and night. He's obsessed with it. And he takes it and he does what it says. He's not just a theologian. He doesn't just have orthodoxy. He has orthopraxy. He practices what he knows. Psalm 15, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. This kind of uncompromising spiritual manhood is severely lacking. We watch spiritual leaders in one form or another collapse all the time. They abandon conviction when compromise is more beneficial. Men say they believe the Bible, yet don't faithfully preach it. Men say that sin should be punished and eliminated, but not if it's committed by their children. Men oppose dishonesty and corruption until they must confront somebody in their lives and it could cost them their job. Then they don't really oppose that dishonesty and that corruption. Men maintain high moral standards until their lust are kindled by some illicit impulse inside of them. Men are honest until a little dishonesty is going to save them some money. Ouch. Men hold convictions until they're challenged by someone they fear or admire. Ouch. Ouch to me, too. The truth hurts. Think of what so many compromising men have lost. Adam compromised, and he lost paradise. Abraham compromised. He lied about Sarah's relationship to him, and he nearly lost his wife. Moses compromised and he lost the privilege of entering the promised land. Samson compromised, and he lost his strength, he lost his eyesight, 
and he eventually lost his life. Israel compromised. They lived in sin. They turned their backs on God. And when fighting the Philistines, they lost the Ark of the Covenant, and they lost their land. They were taken as slaves, exiles. Saul compromised God's divine word. He lost his kingdom. David compromised with Bathsheba and killing her husband, Uriah. He lost an infant son over it. Solomon also compromised. He lost the United Kingdom. Judas Iscariot compromised. And he was separated from Christ forever. Men of compromise are men who lose. There's great loss. John MacArthur goes on to say, in every case of compromise, the compromiser thought there was something to gain. But in every case of compromise, something priceless was lost for something temporary, unfulfilling, and sinful. What was compromised in each of these cases is either a command from God or a conviction about him and his will. So lack of fortitude. It's the failure of men, of fathers. We have a society of men who do not fight to produce good and to eliminate evil. And how do you break that? We need a generation of men who are alert to danger, who stand firm in the faith, who are courageous with the word of God, saturated with the word of God, uncompromising and strong. Everything about this, everything about this, guys, listen, we're wrapping up, indicates that these men, these kind of men will be tested. Manliness will be tested. Conviction will be tested. Courage will be tested. Strength will be tested. The pressure will come for all of us. It'll come in unexpected ways. It's going to come. Some of you have already felt it, dealt with it. You may get away with your statement of conviction for years, but there will come a test. And many men will shock the people who knew them by selling out, compromising, abandoning their integrity, playing the hypocrite of cowardice. Man, I don't want to be that guy. I pray about it all the time. I'm tested. I'm tempted. I experience opposition and resistance. I've had some people definitely come at me in ministry over the years, when I've been at local churches, when I've been out speaking at different places, and also since I've started the podcast. I've had people come at me on social media with statements that I've made on various issues. I've had family members go off at me in a mean, spiteful way because of my convictions. I don't want to sell out. Like, when the, the greatest tests come, I don't know what that's going to look like in the future for me or for you. Maybe it's with what I say is now considered hate speech. 
but I'm going to keep saying it because it's truth. And maybe there's arrest. Maybe there's prison. Death. I don't want to be that guy that wusses out. I don't want to be the coward. So now I'm already praying about that. When it comes, Lord, I need you. I need you to help me to be strong and courageous, to know what to say and how to say it, to be able to endure, to persevere, to take it like a man, to not back down. Listen, all men are going to die. We're all going to die. I'd rather die with my honor than live longer with dishonor. Death before dishonor. We got enough of these guys that are sellouts, compromisers. We need to be men who are ready. Death before dishonor. We need to be a man like Joshua, like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Babylon. Like Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, persecuted constantly. Like the Apostle Paul, like the Apostle Peter. Like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Charles Spurgeon, Jim Elliott, Hudson Taylor, J.K. Ryle. Faithful men. Courageous men. So guys, that's the word, man. That's the encouragement for this episode of the Grizz Podcast. I hope it blesses you. Hope it fires you up. Hope it motivates you to go make the changes you need to make. To get rid of the stuff you need to get rid of. To get the help that you need to help. And I'm here. Reach out. Our ministry website is narrowtrail.com. Narrowtrail.com. That'll tell you about our climb teams. That'll tell you about one-on-one coaching. There's other resources there. You can sign up for our weekly email that I send out. If you would like to become a supporter of this show, of our ministry, we could really use that. That would really help. Guys, this is what I do, man, full-time. This is it. (laughs) This is not a side hustle, bro. Go to our ministry website. Uh, narrowtrail.com, click on the get page. You can set that up. It's safe, it's secure, it's easy. And uh, you can cancel at any time. Even your donation of $10 per month, that really helps us out. I appreciate it. Again, I said at the beginning, I appreciate all you guys that do that. So that's it, man. Honor God, guys. Live manly.
be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. <laughs>